Welcome to Moms Gone Mental. I'm your host, Sarah Witt. With me, I've got Callan. Callan, will you introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Callan Larson. I am from Saginaw, Michigan, so not too far from Ann Arbor. And I live here with my husband, who is a PhD student, and my dog, who is crazy. That's me. (laughs) Awesome. So today I really wanted to talk about um, medicating yourself. And I wanted to bring you on, Callan, because you've got this fresh story and my story is kind of old. (laughs) I've been medicating myself for (laughs) what feels like forever. And I'm actually a huge advocate for medicating yourself, but not just prescriptions. Like there are other ways to medicate yourself and some people don't like taking a pill every day. Um, But I want to start by talking about the prescription from a doctor or a psychiatrist. Um, I want to start with that. Would you tell your story about your struggle, how you decided to go on to medication? Yeah, I mean, I think they started right around the time that I started college. I, I don't know what the cause of that was, whether it was going to college or circumstantial like that, or if it was something hormonal or whatever. But so I have a little bit of a family history of mental health issues. So you grew up familiar with it? Not really. I mean, but I'm the oldest in my family. So, so it started around the time that I was in college and I just really didn't know what was happening to me. Like, and I ended up transferring universities because I thought that was the problem. And I think part of that was the problem, (laughs) but, um, but then I had episodes throughout college and grad school and now I'm working full-time and through that um where so what I struggle with primarily is depression with a little bit of anxiety mixed in just for fun and Mm -hmm. um (laughs) but these depressive episodes where it was just really really hard to do anything and I know the pandemic brought out a lot of mental health (laughs) struggles for a lot of people um But for me, I started working full-time during the pandemic. So my onboarding process was just totally out of whack. Not what you would expect. Right, right. So I was having a really hard time literally getting out of bed Mm -hmm. in the morning. And I I mean, that had happened to me like every so often, but it was a regular thing. And so last summer, I started started teletherapy Mm. and... Which was a great bonus of the (laughs) pandemic right like that wasn't a totally typical thing before yeah definitely I'm so glad that that is a more available resource Mm -hmm. to so many people for me it didn't really work Mm. because it was teletherapy yeah like I I need to be sitting by someone and turns out I also need medication but (laughs) so tell so I started teletherapy and it wasn't really working and so I thought well, maybe I should go talk to my doctor about, not about medication. I just went to go talk to my doctor about getting a referral to a therapist that Mm. I could see 
in person or at least someone who was from the area yeah or just more close by because mm-hmm. the the teletherapist I was working with she was great but she was from Connecticut like we yeah. didn't have very much in common it just felt kind of like we were had been randomly algorithmically yep. <laughs> stuck together and so it just wasn't the best fit um and so I went into this appointment and to talk to my doctor who I love and I just she just asked me to tell her my symptoms and tell her what was going on and so I told her what I told you which is that I was having a really hard time getting out of bed like I just felt really worthless and immediately she was like well therapy is great I think everyone should go to therapy (laughs) and she said but also medication is a thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) basically and I knew medication was a thing and I didn't have I wasn't really opposed to it, but I had just never thought that my issues were serious enough that I needed medication. I had also heard that from like wellness influencers and stuff that like you just need a routine and you need to exercise and you need to drink water and eat right and all of these things. And if you can do those things, then it's better than medication. And while those things are important, I think... They are definitely important. For me, I was at a point where I didn't even have the motivation to be able to get up and exercise and do that thing that would help my brain. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my doctor started me on a really low dose of Zoloft. So like the, which is from what I understand is like the first the first line of defense for people starting medication a lot of the time. Um, I've just heard that it's classic (laughs) from people that I've talked to. But And so I started on a really low dose. And even on that little dose, like almost immediately, it was like a switch flipped. And I could get out of bed. I could, (laughs) yeah, I have not had the experience that I know a lot of people had where like it takes a long time to figure out medication it was just immediately really good like are we talking the next day or we're talking like a week later like like one to two weeks later but like and I think that there was something just knowing that I was getting this help even if yeah the chemicals weren't in my yeah in my system yeah it was just a plus it could have been just a placebo I could have been taking a sugar pill and it might have helped but like (laughs) I but you took that step to medicate yourself yeah and I mean we have since adjusted my dosing a little bit and it's not like my whole life is sunshine and rainbows now but it is I so a couple weeks ago I was just having an awful day and I came home and I just like it was like brain fog headache horrible like I could barely move I just like wanted to sit on the couch and not do anything And then I realized that I had forgotten to take my medication for like three days. And that was the first time that that had happened. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is how I was quote unquote functioning before. Like thinking back to this time last year, like that was every day. Like no wonder I felt like garbage. Yeah. Because now that I have that point of comparison, it is just night and day. Yeah. So how long have you been on... Um, Zoloft now? Uh, almost six months. Okay. So it really has not been very long. 
And do you mind sharing your dosage? Do you know it? Yeah. So right now I'm on 100 milligrams. Okay. I started out with 25 Mm -hmm. and then 50 for a few months and then we upped it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So with, I know I'm also currently, I've been on a wide variety, but currently I'm on Zoloft, also 100 milligrams. And I know that you go through withdrawals also. Like if you decide you don't want to take the medication anymore, your doctor has to wean you off. Mm. Because it's a chemical in your body, right? And your brain gets used to functioning with it. Mm -hmm. When I accidentally go to bed without taking it for a couple days in a row, which happens Mm because I'm a mom, I've got mom brain, Mm -hmm. I all of a sudden will be dizzy and feel sick. And it'll be like, oh my gosh, it's a physical aspect now because I my body's used Mm -hmm. to it so i'm going through withdrawals so it could have been a little bit of that That, too yeah definitely not just like the mental aspect of all of a sudden my brain isn't fixed anymore it's physically yeah i need this medication i do want to talk a little bit about different medications i have been on so many that i don't even remember all the names but i do remember some of them i actually started on zoloft a while ago I think the very first medication I was on was Zoloft and it was a low dose and it wasn't doing anything. They switched me. There were probably some in between here, but then I went to Prozac while I was on Prozac for depression. I was also on Buspar for anxiety and I was taking Trazodone, which makes you sleepy and some people can take it and some people can't because it like makes you feel weird. Um, I could not sleep if I did not take a trazodone. And then when I got pregnant, you can't take trazodone. And also, I was so afraid of side effects for Adeline that I went off medication. And I was just in this terrible place. Mm. And then towards the end of my pregnancy, I talked to my doctor. I was like, hey, I'm suicidal. This isn't great. She said, go back on your medication because... The side effects aren't proven. They were just mm. like, there might be a risk, you know? Gotcha. And so... Probably it, there's just not enough studies. Exactly. Right. Because no one wants you to study them while well, you've got a baby right. in you. Right. But the risk of that, you have to kind of weigh, is your life worth the risk? Yeah. Uh, like a potential risk to your baby. Yeah. And obviously, yes. I, I <laughs> mean, know? that's... Yeah. So... I went back on medication, but then after I had Adeline, my hormones were out of whack and I had to switch medications again. Then I've been, and that's when I went back on Zoloft. I've been on Zoloft ever since I had Adeline. My dosages have gone up and down depending on how I was doing. When I got pregnant again with Emma, I had to go off Trazodone because you can't take that one while you're pregnant. Now that I've had her, I take a small dosage so that it doesn't affect her through my milk supply but the point of this is that not one medication works for every single person Mm -hmm. not one medication might work for you your whole entire life yeah I've also heard that if you're trying to figure out where to start if there is anyone in your family who has Mm -hmm. um, experience with medication that often if it works for someone in your family yeah it might be a good start yeah that's a good point um, also you, you said it worked for you in one or two weeks, which is awesome. For me, that definitely wasn't the case. 
they said, I could be remembering this totally wrong. I'm pretty sure they said, stay on it for at least two weeks, then come back in. Because then they ask you, do you notice any change at all? Like, it doesn't have to be better, just any change. And if you say yes, then they keep you on or up your dosage. If you say no, then they stop and try another medication. I'm pretty sure it was two weeks. Yeah, I think that was my experience too. But when I came in after the two weeks, I was like, everything's great. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, that's I'm really nice. lucky. <laughs> yeah. No, I would come in after, I would go in after two weeks. I'd say I noticed a little bit of change. Um, but I've got a long way to go. So then they'd up my dosage. I would stay on it for a couple more weeks. And after like two to three months, they would reevaluate and say, are you doing significantly better? And if yes, then like this is the right fit. If not, they start over and they find another medication. Mm-hmm. But for me, prescription medications alone don't work. Um, the big other non-prescription medication I do for myself is therapy. You said you were searching for another therapist. Did you find one yes, here that yeah, works well yeah. for you? Yeah, and I mean, it's a really hard time to find a therapist right now. It is so hard. everyone needs therapy, just like I my know. doctor said. Um, so go into therapy because the world needs more therapists. But yes, I started with a new therapist in August because it took mm. three or four months to find a new therapist. So yeah, um, just because no one had any openings. Yeah. But... I've been seeing her for two and a half months. Love her. She's great. That's great that you found a good match. I think I've had a total of six or seven therapists. Oh, wow. Some, I mean, when I lived out west, I had some. I went to one lady once um, after I had a trauma, and she, it was a terrible experience. Oh, no. Like, I cried basically the whole time, and she didn't say anything other than, like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, why did I pay you $100 to yeah. like, sit here and do nothing? That was yeah. like, no. I could have talked to my mirror. I could have watched myself sad <laughs> cry. I haven't had that many experiences, but like with my teletherapist that wasn't a great fit. Like basically she just echoed everything that I said to her. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't feel like I was really getting anywhere. I was like, I could have yep. called my best friend and yes. just told her things. And which is great. You should call your best friend. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I was like, I don't know why I'm paying for this because it's not really getting me anywhere yeah I had a friend that used to live down the street and she um she was really struggling and she when therapy is like a new thing for you it's like a foreign language I feel like Mm. and that first that first initial appointment they're usually just like wanting you to tell them your history and your yeah. background yeah and so you're not gonna get a fix after one right session and you it's have like to go let me boil times. down my entire life and all the traumas that i've experienced in 45 into minutes one hour. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah you've got to find a therapist i would say at least give it a couple sessions and if your personalities don't click don't give up on therapy altogether and it's not just personalities too there's so many different approaches Mm -hmm. to therapy and every therapist and you go into therapy not even knowing what these different things are I still don't know what most of them are I know like CBT and yep yep that's pretty much (laughs) I can't name more so um okay let's talk about some things besides therapy and besides pre- prescription medication, maybe things you've learned through therapy that can help. 
And this is going to be different for every single person. Mm-hmm. You have to find what works for you. Something that works for me is not going to work for you, Callan. It's not going to mm-hmm. work for someone else listening to this. Some things could be going on a walk or a run. I personally hate running, so that's a terrible <laughs> one for me. Watching an episode of Netflix, it just decompresses you. Spend time with a friend or family member that just makes you feel good about yourself. So some of the things that help me a lot are just basic hygiene sort of things mm. because like showering showering brushing my teeth uh folding my laundry if i can that one's a that one's really hard actually a lot of the time <laughs> not just and so and that is something that i touched on earlier is that for the longest time i thought i was just lazy mm. like because yep yeah <laughs> and so i had this just internalized it's not I don't need medication. I don't need any outside help. I just need to parent myself. That was one of the things that I had Tell yourself to get your butt off the couch and do something. And that's going to work. Yeah. I mean, maybe that does work for some people, but when when (laughs) I am struggling, when I'm in a depressive episode, that does absolutely nothing except make myself feel worse. But those small manageable things like brushing my teeth, taking a shower... Those can change my whole day. <laughs> well, the nice thing about those things is you can look back on your day and say, well, at least I got myself ready. Uh-huh. Which on my worst days, I don't do. Mm-hmm. I mean, those days where you're stuck in bed, mm-hmm. you didn't get out of bed and brush your teeth. You didn't wash your face. You didn't take a shower. You didn't put your contacts in. I mean, like uh-huh. all these things that yeah, you can't check off on your list. Mm-hmm. But when you do get up and do those things, like, hey, I accomplished something today. Yeah. Even if that's all you did, you accomplished something. Yeah. Um, another thing that really helps me is reaching out to friends. I, yes. I, I think you already mentioned that. But um, even no, if it's, it's a, just it's sending a, a text to someone you haven't talked to in a while or just – I my friends are really – everyone's friends are really important to them. But yeah. <laughs> my friends are really important to me. <laughs> and being able to connect, especially through the pandemic where mm-hmm. – I mean, I'm at the stage of life now where most of my friends don't live here or – I'm making new friends like you, yeah. but, <laughs> but <laughs> my goodness. old friends don't live here anymore or never lived here and we're not in the same place. So really reaching out via text or calling or FaceTiming is the only way that we have to communicate. But then during the pandemic, that became even more important because I, even if they lived here, I couldn't see them yeah. in person. Like I have anxiety to the point where I can't call someone because I don't know what to say to them. Mm-hmm. And so what I do is I send pictures of my children to them. Oh, perfect. And they respond and they're <laughs> like, how are you doing? You know, <laughs> which I have no idea what to say to them, but they start the conversation. So uh-huh. it's like a nice way to check in with people without like having a ton of anxiety about it. But yeah, no, I'm super weird and just, like, I can't call people. No, because I, I mean, I don't, yeah, I have, I can't call, like, the doctor. <laughs> no, I can't either. And that's, like, that was a huge barrier, too, mm-hmm. is just, like, and to finding a therapist. They're, like, yep. oh, you have, you struggle with depression and anxiety and you struggle with motivation to do things and then you're worried about what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, you should go around and call all these people that you just found their numbers yep. on Google. <laughs> Like, and tell these strangers so that about you can get help with issues. those issues. Yeah. So overcome those issues so that you can get help with those issues. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and 
so that's another thing that I wanted to say is just for the longest time when I would go in for my yearly checkup or whatever mm-hmm. at the doctor, I would just say, well, I mean, I hadn't really seriously considered medication, but I think the belief that I had was that it's the doctor's responsibility to figure out what I need. Yeah. Even if it's not something that I raise to them necessarily. Unfortunately, I don't think that's actually the case because like as the, the first time that I ever specifically asked a doctor about mental health, I got help right away. Mm-hmm. I had never asked the question before. That didn't mean that I wasn't struggling before. Yeah. And so I like before this appointment that I had, I literally had a list on my notes on my phone because I was anxious about asking all these questions. I was like, okay, I have this weird mole on my arm. And also <laughs> I'm really depressed all the time. And that made a huge difference. Just like yeah. going into my doctor's appointment, like knowing what I wanted to talk about because humans can have so many different issues yeah. of all different kinds, mental, physical, whatever. And in a 30 minute general checkup appointment, when they don't see you every day. Right. Or that you've never met the doctor before, right. maybe. They don't um, know if that's just your demeanor or if you're depressed. Right. right. So. And so learning that I needed to advocate for myself in the doctor's office, I hope that that's a lesson that I learned for the rest of my life. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. You mentioned, like, going for a walk, going for a run. Honestly, like, I'm at the point where those things don't, like are not necessarily a mental health help like I I feel better when I do them I Mm -hmm. guess but like those are not my go-tos um what's interesting to me about your list though is those are in my mind like daily necessity things that for me are overwhelming Mm. like you said do your household things my house is overwhelming to me but for you that's super satisfying When I can actually get to do it, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say, like, the brushing my teeth and the shower thing are – the personal hygiene things are much more attainable than the household things. That's true. Yeah. Um, It just kind of goes to show, though, how everyone's things are so different. Yeah. Like, for me, standing in the rain is, like, the most refreshing thing ever. Part of it's kind of nostalgia because – I grew up and we just loved the rain. We loved listening mm-hmm. to the rain. But I'll sit in my car if it's raining and just listen to it for 20 minutes. And then I'll, I don't care if I'm getting soaked in the rain. It's just refreshing. Mm-hmm. It's therapeutic for me. Yeah. Too bad you can't have rain on demand. I know. Yeah. That would solve a lot of my problems. <laughs> That's what a shower is. <laughs> but it's different. But it's different. You're right. You need an outdoor shower or something. Yeah. Um, but it's still different. Um, another thing is just... I've noticed, and maybe you've noticed this with your dog or with your kids, that like she matches my energy. Like if I'm have if I'm having my a dog's stressed got out way day, more energy than I do. <laughs> well, so does mine. But I mean, like if I'm stressed out, my dog's stressed out. Mm, yeah. Like, and so she'll bark at more things, which then like is just this vicious cycle. Yeah. But like, part of the reason that we decided to adopt a dog was because I thought that it would help my mental health a little bit. Yeah. And I think no, it same. has because. I mean, she's really cute, number yeah. one. Num- and she's not a trained therapy dog or anything like that. But, oh, no. Yeah. But, like, I, I don't have kids, but being able to take care of something else is, like, a massive mm-hmm. satis- source of satisfaction. So even if I just take my dog for a walk around the block, 
so I guess going for a walk yes but like I did not get that same satisfaction when I was going for walks by myself yeah as I do when I'm taking my dog for a walk well it's hard to get that motivation right when we were debating whether to get a dog or not one of the reasonings was it would get us out of the house Mm -hmm. it would get me out of which is so important in Michigan in the winter yes (laughs) yeah I hate having to go out when it's like zero degrees Uh for her to pee but right it it gets me out of the house to go on walks. You get a breath of fresh, icy yeah. air. I love when she lays on my feet, like when we're <laughs> cuddling in bed. When I was throwing up when I was pregnant, she would get super concerned. She's oh. super protective over the girls. Like, it is therapeutic to have a dog. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's a, a huge reason that a lot of people get pets. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is just, it's kind of funny. But you we've been talking about how different types of therapy, different therapists, different medications, mm-hmm. how those change throughout your life. And I just thought of the quote, it's famous from Anna Karenina, that is, all happy families are alike and all unhappy families are um, are unhappy in their own ways. Mm-hmm. And I just really think that that's true for mental illness. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> that every, it manifests itself differently for everyone. And yeah. So finding out what solution works for you, I'm talking like I'm an expert. I'm not. But you read I'm really so many not. books. So <laughs> and you've lived through this experience. So yeah, that I just means something. I think I have learned a lot these past few months, and I'm hoping, I'm sure that there will be hiccups along the way, yeah. or like huge mountains, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I just am really glad that I had a doctor who listened to me and that. I was eight yeah, and then I watched some TikTok once that was like you need to go to the doctor <laughs> with a list of questions <laughs> so but yeah one thing I wanted to circle back to is earlier you said that was it an influencer that was saying just do the right things and it will solve all your problems yes I think a lot of people believe that I, I mean obviously the influencer believes it but that might work for some people. It's not going to work if you have a deficiency in your brain and you right. need an SSRI. Right. And that's what my doctor was saying. She was just like, sometimes there is brain chemistry involved. Yeah. And I was a little skeptical at first because I was like, how can you know that from talking to me? Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out like mental illness is pretty prevalent in our society. Yeah. <laughs> like, if your doctor thinks that you might need medication, then she might be right Mm -hmm. Um, because a lot of people do need help for their mental health. Yeah. Um, Whether that's prescription medication or something else, but need some kind of intervention basically. And the influencers that I've seen that say things like that, they're like, I'm not anti-medication. I just don't think it should be the first line of defense or all of these things you should be you should try to make the changes in your daily life that you can that will help improve your life but that for me was just a guilt shame spiral because I was like I can't I can't brush my teeth like well you can't can't, blame your daily activities for you wanting to die like that's not right if you're thinking correctly your thought shouldn't go to, I would like to die, mm-hmm. you know, because it's a defense mechanism yeah. in yourself. Like, Right. And for me, it was like, 
I've never struggled with suicidal ideation, really. My thing was more like, I was just like, I would like to not wake up, Mm -hmm. like, for like six months. And then maybe things will be better. Yeah. Um, When I first started talking openly about my mental health struggles, I wrote a blog post way back when blogging was this Mm -hmm. huge thing, you know. And um, I talked about... Do you remember the commercial that was it was like depression hurts, Cymbalta can help? Do you remember that? I it's that, the voice that you just did unlocked a memory, <laughs> but I don't remember a lot about it. I'm pretty sure that's how it went, but depression literally does hurt. Like if you're to the point of you're suicidal, it's not just thoughts of like oh I want to skip out on this. It's literally like this hurts so bad or my world is so dark that I just can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Which if you get to that point, obviously there's something missing in your brain mm-hmm. that is turning that off. And that's yeah. when medication is necessary. So I just want to wrap up and say, you know, only you know what is the best way to medicate yourself. People can listen to our stories and you're not going to be able to match our story exactly into your life, right? Zoloft works for both of us. It's not going to work mm-hmm. for a random person. Um, but it might, you never know. Um, of course, medicating yourself with the help of a medical professional is always a good step to take. Um, and you don't have to stick with exactly what they say if you don't like it, right? You're your own advocate. Um, but there is zero shame in asking for help and people are eager to help even if you don't feel like it. People do it for a living because they're so eager to Mm -hmm. help. And if you have a doctor that doesn't advocate for you and doesn't listen to you, then find another doctor. Yeah. I know that's so hard. I know. But find another therapist. Find another doctor. Find a different friend to support you. Or find a friend. Like in my case, I had a friend who recommended this doctor to me Mm. because she had had similar problems. And so I went in knowing that this was probably going to be a good experience. And yeah. so ask your friends, yeah. who's your doctor? Do you like your doctor? They'll probably be more than eager to help you. <laughs> right. Okay. Thanks, Callan, so much for uh, coming and hanging out with me and chatting yeah. about this and for opening up about Anytime. your experience. <laughs> it's been fun. But thanks for listening. This is Mom's Gone Mental, and I'm your host, Sarah Witt.